Hello and welcome to the July 20th edition of the Come On Now MMA podcast. I am your host Trent Reinsmith and I want to start off tonight, today, whatever, doing a little talking about UFC on ESPN plus 30 which took place on Saturday. First thing I want to bring up is pay, fighter pay, hot topic, um, always hot topic. So the first time uh, Davison Figueredo and Joseph Benavidez met was in February, and that was in Norfolk, Virginia. And luckily, Norfolk is one of the few places that still discloses fighter pay. And Figueredo won the fight, and he received a pay uh, disclosed pay of one hundred and five thousand dollars. And a $50,000 win bonus. So he got $155,000 for fighting in a main event title fight, which is ridiculous. So we know uh, average, normally fighters get around, earlier in their careers, get around $300,000 for title fights. And then you build from there. So Figueredo got 105, 300 flat is what, what, I, we often see so not even flat uh, 105 and then 50 for a win bonus so 155 for Figueredo Benavidez got 195 so both pay um, paychecks were extremely low for a title fight and hopefully but I'm not counting on it since neither was a champion heading into Saturday's fight, hopefully they got more. But we'll never know because UFC does not disclose pay in most states. And that's going to be a topic that I'm going to cover a little later with the uh, changes in Nevada. But hopefully both those guys received... Um, some additional pay and from what the from what the first fight was because if not that's a crime so I'm going to go over some things that I liked and didn't like about the fight card um, so first thing that I have written down here is Grant Dawson during his post fight interview Grant Dawson made it clear that he is ready and willing to be taken advantage of by the UFC. Now, he didn't say that in so many words, but he said repeatedly that he wants to be a company man. So if the UFC, and I'm judging by their past actions, if the UFC hears someone say they want to be a company man, that means that they're ripe for taking advantage of and the UFC is going to do that. Now that might be asking them to file, um, to sign short notice fights without elevating their salary. That may that might be asking them to that might be taking advantage of their salary and moving it along slower than average. There's a lot of ways the UFC can take advantage of a fighter who wants to be a quote unquote company man. Uh, it's I don't understand why someone would say that. 
you know the UFC does not take care of its people, and now you're just more or less saying that, hey, you can take advantage of me because I want to fight because that's the only way I can make money, and I know you hold the purse strings, so do whatever you want, and I'll, I'll say yes. Now, that has its benefits, I guess, but the better thing to do would be to fight for everything you can get from the UFC instead of just taking what the UFC offers. There's a big difference between the two. And when someone says they want to be a, 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 a company man, that means you'll accept what the UFC gives. And the UFC gives as little as it can. So don't, I mean, even if you want to do that, don't advertise it. It's just a bad business plan. You've lost any bargaining power you may have by announcing that you want to be a company man for the UFC. Now, if the company took care of its people in the long run, fine. But they don't. It doesn't. It, it definitely does not take, take care of anyone. You can, you can see that because the fighters aren't even employees. So they don't get benefits. They, don't, they have nothing. The fighters are the cogs in the machine and they can be replaced by a generic cog that's on the shelf. As long as it fits in there, as long as it's the, the right weight, it goes right in the machine and the other one right in the trash. That's the UFC's game plan. So don't give them more, more than they already take. Not a good idea. Not a good idea. Uh, another thing. This one gets a come on now. During the um, the announcements for the uh, the voiceover for the main event, I don't know who's writing these scripts, but Jesus, they uh, referred to the title f the title fight or the the two guys fighting for the title on Saturday as who would be the Lord of the Flies. I don't, I don't understand that. It was, it was just a cringy thing. I mean, I, I didn't get it. It was dumb. It was hackneyed. It, I don't even know what it had to do with anything because it definitely didn't have anything to do with the book. Um, so, just because it fit, I guess. I don't know, but that one needed a. That one needed a better editor and uh, some workshopping for sure. So, come on now. Lord of the Flies, come on. Uh, positive. Joe Duffy. Joe Duffy retired after the event. Um, said he ha he knew that he didn't have it anymore. And you don't you don't hear that that often in MMA. And I think I like I want to praise Joe Duffy for knowing enough that it was time to step away. Hopefully the retirement holds for him and he can find something uh, better to do and more lucrative than getting punched in the head so good on Joe Duffy for knowing where he was and where he is in his career and saying enough's enough um, I, I think people other a lot of people in this business in the MMA fighters they have been doing this for so long they get caught up in it, and then by the time retirement comes, it's it's kind of a 
a bad spot. So then they just, because they don't know what else they can do. If their resume has nothing but UFC fighter on it for the past, you know, 10, 15 years, or not even UFC fighter, just MMA fighter for the past 10 years, well, that's a big gap in time on your resume where you did nothing but fight. And then the fear comes in in that, well, what, what skills do I have that can translate? And then you, you be like, well, I might as well just keep fighting. And then the next thing you know, you're no longer fighting for tens of thousands of dollars in the UFC. You're fighting for hundreds of dollars on the independent circuit and the local circuit. And then you just, now you're taking more fights, you're built, you're getting more damage and it just, you just get caught, a lot of fighters just get caught in that trap and it, and it doesn't work out. And it, it's sad to see, it's always good to see when someone knows enough that they, uh, that it's time to go and I'm glad that, that Joe Duffy is one of those people and um, good for him. And like I said, hopefully his retirement sticks and he can uh, move on and figure out what the next step in his life is going to be. A couple other things that I liked or found amusing. The first one was Paul Felder. I forget what fight this was during, but um, someone was, uh, one of the fighters was rather ripped. And Felder said that uh, it was like his former boxing coach said, he was cut up like a bag of cheap dope which I just thought was a good uh, a good saying. Probably not going to get used all that much, but it was enjoyable to, to hear that just because it was so different and off the wall, and it was just crazy that that, that would be referenced during a UFC fight, so I, I thought that was funny. Um, the knee bar was horrific, but I just the awareness that it was there in that weird position was was really something to see um so that was that was crazy um and all that torque from when Ariane Lipsky was standing and just just leaned back on that whew, hopefully um Carolina is going to be okay uh, they said that she was carried out of the octagon so that was really nasty um so yeah hopefully no permanent damage there uh, and that's it for that's it um for the positives i think that's all i really have other than it was a really good card but these are just little things Negative, uh, the free ads that the UFC was doing um, for Abu Dhabi. I mean, we know that Abu Dhabi, like I said before, that is is footing the bill for most of these events. So everything, the the UFC just just blowing up, blowing up Abu Dhabi and and any chance they get, Dana White doing it in every presser, the the scripts that the commentators have to refer to, and the videos in between the fights, just too much, too much kind of annoying um, so the other thing that bothered me was the stream kept cutting out and I know I'm not the only one this is the first time it happened to me but if you have a title fight and 
your stream is cutting out, that's not a good thing. Especially if it's a pay-per-view. Now, I know this was quote-unquote free, but it wasn't really free because you're paying a monthly fee for this. So, for that monthly fee, you expect that it'll work, and it didn't. Especially as the, the uh, it, it happened for the mostly in the co-main event and the main event, which is annoying since those are the fights that most people are tuning in to see. So I don't know what ESPN is doing. I don't know if they're working on fixing that. But I know it's been a problem for a lot of people for a long time. And if this is just, all right, we already got your money, tough shit, that needs to change. If this is the reason that the price is going to go up so they can increase bandwidth and, and up their servers or whatever the reason is, okay. But if you're going to make people pay more and you don't fix that problem, that's a problem. So hopefully that gets worked out as soon as possible. So moving on to this Saturday's fight, and it's 15 fights on this card. I don't understand that. That's that's insane. Did I? So maybe it was booked with the idea of some are going to fall out for some reason. But so far, nothing has. And now we got 15 fights. 12 fights is long. And when they slip you a 13 fight card, that's that's longer. Now 15. I mean, some of us are getting paid to watch these fights and cover them. But even that, even that sometimes is hard to do. So, 15 fights is far too many fights. Um, and that's really got to get cut down. If 15 becomes the norm, and there's no indication it's going to be, but, you know, 12 was the norm for a while. Now you got 13. And before that, 10, you know. 15. Too much. Just too much. At the, I think it was the USC on ESPN Plus 30 pre, pre-fight media scrum with Dana White. He was once again asked about Aljamain Sterling uh, getting a title fight. And... Whoever asked that, I uh, I have to applaud them because White has been saying that he didn't know, and it's getting annoying because anyone with half a brain considers Sterling the top fighter for a bantamweight title fight. Just is, just the way it is. Just a fact that he should be the first, that he should be getting the next title fight. But Dana White once again said he's up there. But he would not say that Sterling is going to be next. And that's annoying and bullshit at the same time. And Sterling's getting pretty fed up about it, I can tell, from his activity on social media. And he has every right to be fed up about it because he's the, he should be the next in line. I don't know what this is. Is it because Sterling had the audacity to test free agency in the past? Is it because Sterling's coaches told him not to sign a a fight contract unless it was for a title fight is it because the UFC wants to give it to uh, Cody Garbrandt because WME IMG is somehow involved with him 
all these things are legitimate concerns and I don't understand it because it's crooked business if this guy doesn't get the next title fight. So hopefully something happens and everything falls in place and he gets it. But I, uh, as every day passes, I become less sure that Aljamain Sterling is ever going to get that title fight. And it bothers me and it bothers him and it should bother everyone who wants the fighters to get a fair shake. Fighter pay. So here's where I talk about fighter pay. And if you want to read about what's going on, you can you can go to Bloody Elbow and read uh, Mookie Alexander's story on fighter pay in Nevada. But more or less, the gist of it is that Nevada's no longer going to release fighter pay. And that's a problem. So the big fight, the big, uh, the last big commission that's still out there that's going to release pay as far as I know is California uh, Nevada said it was because of competition and while that might be true it's also might not be true because the UFC is always going to concentrate on Nevada because that's where the UFC is and it makes sense for the UFC to hold events there so if the UFC is going to have a choice between Nevada and New York they're going to go to New York a couple times a year for sure but they're going to do that anyway because and they're they're going to do that for the biggest fights because they can charge more in New York for the biggest fights because they're at Madison Square Garden and that's just how the business works but they're still going to be in Vegas plenty and Vegas is going to get their money so the idea that it's competition based seems like an excuse to me and that this was done somehow as a favor to the UFC spoken or unspoken if the UFC was involved or not I don't know um, they don't have to be the UFC would prefer that their pay is not disclosed and now Nevada is not going to disclose it and I saw the argument being made that this is good because the fighters might not want their fighter pay disclosed and that's a silly argument because we've seen every other sport when pay is disclosed wages go up because now you can compare and you can bargain based on those comparisons and you can say why am I getting paid less than the number 10 ranked fighter when I'm the number 3 ranked fighter and I have more consecutive wins and, and all these things you can you can throw into the argument because you know what everyone is getting paid so you know if you're getting paid less than someone who is lower in the rankings than you has had less success than you that's why disclosing fighter pay is good. Gives the fighters of an awareness of where they stand and if they are being taken advantage of. Now, fighter pay is not disclosed. You can clearly be taken advantage of and you won't know it. I mean, you can have your suspicions, but the UFC can tell you, nah, you're the highest paid guy. Come on now. And this is what happened in the old days in other sports. Gordy Howe when he was with the Detroit Red Wings, was, was told that he was the highest paid player in the NHL. He was the, the biggest star in the NHL, but he wasn't even the highest paid player on the Detroit Red Wings. And he found that out. And that, you know, was because he found that in a conversation with the other players, but meanwhile the ownership and the coaches were telling him that he was the highest player, paid player and he was 
he believed them. So you need to, when the fighters pay disclose, that cuts out anything of the UFC bullshitting you. And this is why I've always said that all fighter pay should be disclosed. Not just what is on paper, but any kind of bonuses that are not recorded. Everything should be disclosed because it benefits the fighters. So with this with this being taken off the table in, in, in Nevada, I expect fighter wage stagnation. So now fighters are coming into the UFC at 12 grand, 12 and 12. I expect that to now be the norm for a long time. And I also expect that the wages, the wage growth will slow and the the raises will be less than they are now because there's no one to disclose this pay. And the UFC can artificially reduce the pay and stagnate the pay raises and, and manipulate the pay to its advantage. And that's why pay disclosure is essential in this sport. I also expect that this is really going to be a problem for California. I think it'll be a more of a problem for California than it'll be a benefit to Nevada. Because if California is still disclosing wages, pay, pay rates, then the UFC is going to be less likely to go there for its big fights and its big name fighters. So California is probably going to get less big big time fights because of this in my opinion. And that is wrong. And that is another reason that every commission should disclose pay. It keeps everyone more honest than not disclosing pay. Managers should be fighting this. Fighters should be up in arms about it. Every The media should be up, up in arms about it. But no one's really covering it except for a couple, a couple sites. And I haven't heard one manager complain about it. Because they don't want to irritate the UFC. And just like the websites don't want to irritate the UFC. So the UFC can do this and no one pushes back except for a small group. That's the sport, folks. And speaking of the sport, Paige Van Zandt um, said that she thought that she had a better relationship with Dana White than she did. Uh, when he, you know, because of his mar remarks about her taking her uh, chances on free agency, I don't know if I don't know why any fighter would think that they are friends with Dana White. They're not. Their job is to make Dana White and the UFC as much money as possible. Now, if you're doing that, Dana White might be friendly to you, but that doesn't mean he's your friend. Because at some point, you're going to start losing. And then your use to the UFC goes down by a, uh, the amount of losses you have in your career. This, I mean, Van Zant was, when it was the Sage and Page show, and White was pushing her and, and Sage Northcutt as the next big things, he couldn't do enough. But as soon as she said she was going to test free agency, well... He hit the brakes and, and threw it in the reverse and then tried to, you know, push her worth down. So this was a, 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 a sign to other fighters. And it was also a clear message 
This guy's not your friend. He he's an, he wants to exploit you to make as much money as he can off your blood and sweat and, and broken bones. So that's another reason why fighters should not be in the business of chumming up with, with Dana White. He's there for one reason, and that's to take advantage of the fighters. Remember, 80% of the revenue goes to the UFC, 20% goes to the fighters. He's not your friend. And to borrow a, a phrase from Dana White, he never was your friend. Keep that in mind. So White said during the UFC on ESPN Plus 30 post-fight press conference that if need be, the UFC has a plan, a backup plan for the UFC Apex and that that plan is the venue slash location will be in the United States. And that was a bit shocking to me. Because with the with COVID-19 cases rising pretty much everywhere, my question then is where is that planned? Where is that location? Is it Florida? Because if I'm a fighter and they say we're going back to Florida and the cases are keep going up and, and things aren't looking good there, I'm saying, mm, man, maybe not. Even if with the plan the UFC has in place, mm, maybe not. Because from what I've seen from the plan, especially in Florida, it was not very good. Um, I think Abu Dhabi has been better planned with the exception of letting uh, Bisping, White, and Matt Sarah out of the out of the uh, safety zone and back in without quarantining them. That was a big drop of the ball. But in Florida, pretty much everyone was left out of the safety zone whenever they wanted to be. And you had a fighter who had COVID-19 intermingling with other fighters in camps. So I hope it's not Florida. I, ho I, am, I, I hope it's also not a California um a location in a state where there is no regulation because that's even worse than Florida because then there's nothing. At least Florida has some regulation. But if you're going to go out there and self-regulate in in a, on a tribal land, I don't like that one bit because that sounds dangerous. And the only thing that worked out in Abu Dhabi was that the government there is taking this serious. If that wasn't the case, if Abu Dhabi, and I'm going to guess they're forking over the bills for uh, all these all the testing, if that wasn't the case, then the UFC self-regulate there and wouldn't be doing all this stuff. They certainly wouldn't be absorbing all the costs that Abu Dhabi is absorbing for these events. So... I'd be really interested to know where this backup plan is going to be and what the commission is and what the protocol is going to be. Um, I would prefer that everything take place in Abu Dhabi rather than move it to somewhere else in America. But that's all up in the air right now, so we'll see. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe White was not speaking the entire truth. Who knows? Uh, but anything... That is not. That does not have a, a a good commission, is something to worry about when it comes to fighter safety, and not only fighter safety but the safety of everyone at the event. And 
that's going to wrap it up for tonight. I should be back tomorrow, barring any technical difficulties. And until then, stay safe.